know there's some parents in the room who are like, that looks horrible. I have to clean them up afterwards. It's maybe building some anxiety, but um, I just, I love those videos. And you know, my favorite part um, of those videos is the fact that um, these kids and a few of the adults, like they're in messy situations, right? Um, some of them are situations that have happened to them, um, kind of maybe by accident, and others they've like sought it out, right? They've seen the pile of mud and they're like, I am gonna get in that. They're convinced that is their mission. I just love it. And I love seeing the joy on their faces when they find themselves like in the messy situation. Like I am here and I am all here and I'm gonna love it. Um, love those videos this morning. Um, we're gonna get back to talking about that video in just a minute. But this morning we wanted to just create some space as a spiritual family to pause and to notice God and to hear from one another. Let me just say that one more time. We wanted to pause, we wanted to notice God, and we wanted to hear from one another. And the question that as a staff we've been working with around this service um, these past few weeks as we've been planning is how, how do we love God in the present? In other words, how do we love God where we're at? We're not reflecting on past events necessarily. We're not anticipating what's happening in the future, but we're just desiring as a community to be fully present, to be fully where we're at in our lives right now and asking ourselves, where do we notice God? Where do we notice God? And we're asking questions like, you know, how do we see him showing up in our lives? What feels worshipful for us in this season? What are we learning? Where do we see growth or change? How do we love God where we're at? No, those are all really big questions, and there's a few people this morning who are going to share with you in just a little bit, and you can listen in as they've thought about these questions a little bit more. But you can't help but hear other people's stories and also think about your own, right? And I think that's actually the way God made us, and we want to invite you to do that as well. And we'll leave some of those questions up on the screen, and maybe for you this morning as you look over them, they'll act for you like a prompt for you during worship to reflect on your own life, your own story, your own present reality today. And as we think about the ways that we're invited to love God this morning, I just want to focus our attention on one specific passage of Scripture from Matthew 22. And the words says this. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they got together. And one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. 
Now, in just a few weeks, we're going to start a series where we dive into that passage of Scripture a little deeper, but I just want us to pause and think about Jesus' command to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. I mean, think about it. Jesus could have taken the easier road and just said, I want you to love me with everything you've got, right? I want to love me with everything you've got. Love me with your whole being, I mean, when's the last time you've loved something with everything you had? When you were so passionate, so excited, your, your thoughts just wrapped around it and swirled around it all the time. When's the last time you've loved something with everything you've got? What comes to mind for me is my family right now is so into the World Cup. Friends, we, it's like off the rails. Like, it's on all the time. And when it is on, they are all in. They are loving the World Cup with everything you've got. If you walk into our house, we all have individual brackets in our family. Um, and we're keeping score, right? Like, we are loving the World Cup with everything we've got. But Jesus, he didn't say that. He didn't say, love me with everything you've got. He was pretty specific about what we could use to love him. He says, love me with your heart. Love me with your soul and your mind. And in another part of the Bible, it adds this fourth thing. It says, love me with all your strength. And it makes me wonder, in this season of life that you find yourself in, what do you find yourself using to love God? Your heart. Do you love him with your soul, with your mind? Do you love him with your strength? Do you experience loving God with your heart where your feelings are overflowing and maybe even gushing? I grew up in the 80s, um, which in Christian circles, it was a lot of like Jesus is my boyfriend language, right? That's what it makes me think of where you just are so in love with Jesus and you just want him to know all about it. Or maybe your feelings are raw and they're filled with questions. Maybe your love for Jesus has taken you to that place of lament where you're just pouring out your heart before him. Loving God with our heart means we start from the inside and we look at what's going on internally. Or maybe loving God, you're loving God with your soul lately. In the Old Testament, the word soul was used to mean the person's whole being and included much more than that. It included the way that we live. It included the choices that we make, the behavior that we exhibit, the lifestyle that we lead. When we love God with our soul, we love him with the things that we are passionate about. We love him with our hopes and our dreams, but we also love him with the choices that we make and how we spend our time. When we love God with our soul, we remember that our entire being is used to love for God. Or maybe in this season you find yourself loving God with your mind. I love that God wired us in a way to know him and to understand his ways. And you might be in this season where you just find yourself wanting to know all the things. You're hungry for the word. You're wrestling with questions and you're seeking wise counsel. You're finding that as you learn new things and gain new insight, you find yourself applying things to your life and even making different decisions. When we love God with our minds, we find ourselves thinking about him and desiring that our thoughts would align with his will. And finally, some of us might be in a season of loving God with all of our strength. 
And as I say that word strength, I think about the work, the things that I do in my life where I have to work at just living, just getting through life, the day-to-day of just showing up. Loving God with our strength, whether it's in an office or in a garden, whether it's at home with children or as a student in school, loving God with our strength means that we give him our daily work. But here's the other thing. We also give him all of the resources at our disposal, our relationships, our home, our clothes, our technology. All of these things become ways that we can love God. Because while we can certainly love God with everything we've got, we also have seasons and times in our lives where we're loving him more intentionally in one of these areas, our hearts, our soul, our minds, and our strength. This morning, down the side hallway, we've set up some kind of creative tools, and we want to invite specifically the kids this morning, but if there's a few adults that wander over there, Heidi wouldn't mind. Um, and I just want to invite you, kids, as we, um, as you hear stories and you've heard some of the scripture this morning about loving God with our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength, Heidi has some paint and some other creative tools that you can use, and I want to invite you to think about what it means to love God with those things. And you can draw a picture, or you can paint, or you can even create something with Legos. I mean, who doesn't love playing with Legos during a worship service, right? Um, And I invite you to just spend some time and think about what it looks like, what it sounds like, what your life looks like when you love God with your heart, or your soul, or your mind, or your strength. And so I just want to invite, and maybe Heidi, you can start walking over. And if your kids are in the service, parents, if you want to head over there, Heidi will set you up. Friends, loving God is both a personal experience and it's a corporate one. It's something we get to do together. And so this morning, you're going to get to hear a couple stories from people who have um, thought about this in their own lives a little bit intentionally. But I'd invite you into these questions that are up on the screen this morning. Kevin's going to have those up. And to think about what season of life that you're in. I'd invite you to think about where you notice God at work, but also what you're using in your life to love him. You know, the mind-boggling thing about Jesus is that often um, as he taught, as he interacted with people, he would answer questions with more questions. Um, And he often left people just scratching their heads, wondering, like, what is he getting at? What is Jesus really saying? But his words in Matthew are so very clear to us. This is my command to you, love one another. Love me with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And so as a community this morning, let's take time to pause, to notice God, the ways that we love him, and listen to one another. So Kelly, why don't you get us started and come up and share. Great. Um, Good morning. My name is Kelly Anderson. I play on the worship team, and I've been coming to Roseville Covenant for a couple of years now, and since I'm up here, I just want to take the opportunity to thank you for being such um, a kind and caring community of believers. It's um, really an honor to be a part of this church, and um, uh, really an honor to share my story today. 
I've been encountering God's love in a very different way this season of my life. Um, I think some of you know what the Strengths Finders test is. Um, it's kind of this online quiz thing, and they tell you, here are your five like strengths. Here are things um, you're good at, and those can relate to um, how you view the world, how you interact with others, um, how you solve problems. And um, my number one is futuristic. So for me, that means I like to envision the final product before I even take the first step. Um, I like to, um, you know, what's my next step? Um, where am I heading? What's the big picture? And I apply that to lots of different things in my life. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'll be like, oh, look, there's an opportunity. Oh, I can envision myself doing that. Um, oh, wait, I got to, you know, give that to God. Okay, we're good. Great, let's go. And <laughs> I just want to go, 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 do, do, do. Um, I have a huge checklist of things and goals. And um, New, New Year's resolutions are my favorite. I, you know, maybe, maybe complete like 5% of them actually. But I love thinking about that. I love um, thinking, uh, what are my goals? What am I doing now? And um, right now is no different. Um, I'm thinking, um, you know, I've, I've, uh, a couple years out of graduation, I'm thinking, oh man, so many opportunities are out there. Um, you know, I can switch careers or take a class or, um, you know, volunteer here or, you know, be a part of this activity or do all these things. And um, lately I've just been getting so excited and passionate about those things. I think that's great. I think God gives you those passions for a reason. Um, but recently I've been getting a, a different answer from God instead of like, oh, I'll just throw that up your way and just do what I want to do. Um, God's been giving me a different challenge. Uh, he's been asking me to be still for a moment and just be where you're at. Like, Kelly, you know, all those things are really great, but maybe right now you're exactly where I want you to be. And that's just a little hard for me. I want to I wanna get going. I want to do something. Um, and so what does that even look like? You know, how do you be still and just sit in God's love and love God? Um, part of that for me has been going on walks. So I still feel like I'm moving, I'm doing something. <laughs> but I'm also um, just being a part of God's world and, you know, being in this season. And, you know, the past few days, maybe not as long of a walk because it's so humid outside, but um, just being a part of God's creation. Another big part of that for me, um, just being still and being in the present, is um, drawing. Um, I'm really excited that those kids are out there. I want to see what they're working on. Um, because any good art teacher will tell you, draw from life and draw what you see. Don't draw what you think looks good um, or you think should be the right way. Just draw what you see. How, how does the light hit that object? You know, what are, what's the value there, what's the form look like. And for me, that really forces me to be still and focused on one thing. And it's in those moments that I really feel God's love and God's presence the most. Because I'm not worried about the future. I'm not, not thinking about my to-do list. I'm not um, going, 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 and um, thinking about all the goals. I'm just right there in that moment with God trying something that he has created, getting to know him by studying what he has done in our lives. So um, I know that looks different for everybody. Um, you know, maybe 
it's knitting, or I know that's what my sister loves to do, or maybe you're, you're, you can be still just by like listening to music and being where you're at. Um, whatever that is for you, let me know. Um, continue the conversation. I love that we get to share our stories, and I want to hear yours. Um, so um, feel free to catch me anytime, um, even beyond this service. I think it's great to just share as believers um, how God is working in our lives. Uh, so let's continue hearing from others today. Thanks, Kelly. Um, can you tell Kelly is an actress um, on the side? I, I love that we get to see that part of you um, up front, and you can just tell um, that you have a lot of experience being in front of people, which is fun to see. So thanks for sharing with us. Um, we had a couple of kids this past week record a video, and they were reflecting on their experience at camp. And I'm just going to warn you, it's a little bit hard to hear. Um, but here's the thing. It's so important when our kids are willing to share their story that we honor that and value that. And so we're going to show this video to you, and um, they just had so much fun doing it. But we're going to just invite you to maybe listen a little bit harder as they share their experience up at Covenant Pines. <laughs> came back from camp on a scale from like one to five, maybe even more. How stinky was your bag? I don't know. I mean, four, four on, on the stink scale. You need to clear your room. So four, you think, what about you? Three. Three. Well, you asked my mom because she dumped everything. Ask your mom. So I, I didn't smell anything. You didn't smell anything. I, I don't want to die. What is the most fun thing you did at camp? Free time in chapel. Free time? Free time is the best, yeah. What are you guys doing free time? I go kayaking. Yeah, I go kayaking. Um, I usually just swim. First, go to the cutting mall and zip line. Next, get a slushie at the canteen. And then go kayaking. Talk to me about chapel. What's like the, the big thing you learned at chapel? What, what's something you remember? Overflow, so like... Say that again. What was it? Overflow. Overflow. Oh. It's like, like blessings. Overflow. Mm -hmm. Describe to me what chapel is like. Chapel is like where everybody's smiling and being happy, and people are singing dancing. and dancing and just having so much fun. We got to learn verses and doing yeah. actions. Yeah, actions. No. Oh, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, John, they're actually Bible verses. Yeah. yeah. They, like John 10:10. They're, they're, they're all John. Yeah. They're all John 1:16. Okay. Let's see it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see it. We just abundance. Okay. We have all received one gracious blessing after another. All right, let's sync it up. They got it. They're helping you out. This is a team effort. From his abundance, God all received one gracious blessing after another. John 1, 16. Favorite song from camp? Pharaoh. They still do that song at camp? Yes. My father's house, and we're like, 
She's just like, she's giving you like the big like thing. It's just like, the video. like going to his house and just like, <laughs> eat, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's a... Just something like a little bit of it. Just a little I, bit. I didn't come here for a concert. A big, big house. It's my father's house. <laughs> well, nobody! Of course, I know that the whole time you said it. Girl, girl. Maybe you guys call Hummet. That'd be great. <laughs> no, I don't. I forgot the words except for okay. Of course they do. Yeah. Great job, guys. Anything else? Yeah, wait, pause. Uh, Let her talk. Special speaker was actually, um, he plays golf with my aunt. Sean. Sean. Sean, whoever. Sean. Was there any stories about golf? No. 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 Okay. <laughs> Is there anything else about camp that no. you learned that we should know? Oh, yeah. Okay. Those kids, thank those kids. Let me tell you, that 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 uh, interview you saw was like 22 minutes. That's the, the that's that's the best of. Hey, I want to encourage you to stand. We're going to sing a few worship songs, and as we sing this morning, there's a couple. This first one, you know, it's called "The Lion and the Lamb," and I, I, the, the phrase in the song it just kind of sticks with me as we hear stories of the the highs, the lows, the times at camp, the times where. You're, you're God, you're going, God, where are you in this? I'm just thinking of God being with us, God being the lion and the lamb. The lamb was slain for us and the one who's roaring with power fighting our battles. And uh, I, I just want to fill this place this morning and thank God for his goodness being with us in it all. So Colleen asked me to share a verse that's been meaningful um, right now in this season of my life. And I chose Philippians 4.8. Uh, which says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Think about these things. So this verse is meaningful to me right now um, in this season of motherhood because it reminds me to think about what I believe in and um, the truth of Jesus and God's love and um, and since what I think impacts what I say and how I act, um, then I can better demonstrate and model this uh, God's love to my kiddos. My name is Alan Thomas and I'm going to be a senior this upcoming year. Class of Tell us just like a little bit about what your life looks like. I go to Concord Academy over in Roseville and I like to read and it's kind of nice sometimes to go to the beach and just swim and splash people. <laughs> and I like, yeah, I like water and so kayaking is fun as well. 
how do you find connection with God? Praying. That's become something a bit bigger in my life, and then also during worship. How has prayer become bigger in your life? Can you do like a before and after? It's more just kind of like I pray more and kind of day-to-day -day stuff almost like it seems instead of more just like bigger things I also kind of go to God for smaller things as well. What's that prayer time look like? Generally before I go to bed because that way like I remember to do it and it's quiet and it kind of feels like it's just me instead of sisters there as well that we share from. <laughs>
Hi, I'm Nick Lindbergh, and I'm going to be bringing up the caboose of the stories today. Um, the goal for today will be to figure out if I can find a way to say pause at some point today and make it a comedy moment. So we'll see if we can do that. If we, do, if we can't get this time, we'll do the second service. So um, you may know myself, uh, probably know my, my wife more. She's the one that was playing the keyboard today. Uh, or my son, Jonathan, who's sitting back there probably dancing uh, right now, it looks like. So uh, today I'm going to talk a little bit about friends and how... Uh, friends have really shown how God is present, and at the same time, how friends have brought me here. So, uh, flashback a handful of years, and back to when Sarah and I were first dating, uh, Sarah had just wrapped up seminary. And with that, she had a lot of seminary friends that had these great ideas, and these ideas of starting church, church plants. And so for a season of our life, we were going to different church plants, and it was really fun to just see the energy that was a part of, of uh, these two specific church plants that we were very uh, much a part of. Um, and it was really fascinating to watch how, you know, this idea turned into something that was really big. And then there's actually people that wanted to come. And it wasn't just, hey, I have this idea, I want to come. And then the support group that got formed from that. So these, these friend groups became not just a friend group, they kind of became extension friend groups and continued on. Unfortunately, both of those church plants never really hit that, that growing point that they really were capable of sustaining. And so that felt, uh, that led us to the point of church shopping. And that was about the time that we moved to Roseville. And while we were at Roseville, we wanted to find something that was in the community. That was kind of our, our first goal, of find something in the community. And we, we did that church shopping thing where you go around and you go to the service and you duck in right away, right, right when the service is going to start. Because you had those, that one first church experience that you went, they wanted to sign you up before the service to uh, literally run the, run the service. And so we kind of, we wanted to duck in and duck out. And that's how we were for probably about a year there. We were just ducking in and ducking out of services. And it was really fascinating while we were ducking in and out to see where God was in those services. And while we were not trying to be attached to a service um, or whatnot, there still was an element of God there, whether it be the strong worship songs, the people that are sitting around you that are greeting you, or the really fiery pastor at different occasions that really were there. But let's flash forward even further, and let's talk about how, how we actually came to Roseville. So I do Salesforce consulting. It's a term you probably never need to know, but just know that a client of mine actually uh, was kind of a connection point to Roseville Covenant. And so when we were, we came here probably once or twice and kind of doing that duck in and duck out. And uh, fortunately, or maybe fortunately, who knows, uh, probably fortunately, we um, sat right next to this client of mine who you maybe know as Chris Nelson. And all of a sudden we go, How, Chris, what, what are you doing here? And he kind of said the same thing to me. And we're like, oh, you know, we've came here a couple times. And, and Chris was like, well, yeah, you know, what, what, what's Chris, what are you doing here? Well, he's like, well, my wife's a pastor. And we went, well, there's that. And, um, and so that became our kind of our moment where we became from that kind of duck in and duck out to now so we have this friendly face, so this person that we knew, this person that, we had, that was almost holding us accountable to come to Roseville. And I look at Chris as really being kind of that rooted uh, person to what brought us here and really kind of where that story, where I want to kind of go with that story today is really, you just never really know where God's going to be present. You know, in the cases of our church plants, he was present through our friendships. 
And in the case of, of Roseville, he was, he was present in the side of work. And that was something that just was, has always been kind of fascinating how you, know, you kind of think there's different situations, you can't expect God to be present. But in this situation, God was present in a, cha in a place that I didn't necessarily expect it to be. And, and we're very thankful to, for Chris and to have someone that can be a face that holds accountable. And that's a little bit about my story here today. It takes a lot of courage to share your story. And so um, for um, our students, for um, those of you who said yes, um, to be able to do that, um, it means a lot to us as a church community to get to pause and take some time to reflect on where God's at in our lives. 